0: Preventing pain, fear, and suffering of animals through nationwide education and awareness from all across the globe. This is Animal Radio Network.
1: Okay, we've got a lot of business to take care of today. Westminster, it's wrapping up. We're going to go to the hotel where all the dogs stayed and find out what it was like. Can
2: you imagine Uh, being there?
1: Hosting like 1,300 dogs, 1,300 plus dogs, plus the Sardi's after party. That's the little ritzy party that, uh, well, we've been invited. We're going and we'll take (laughs) you. Also, we're on the trail of a pretend veterinarian.
2: Ooh, that doesn't sound very good.
1: No, we're going to have to call in the DA for this and we will do so. Also, from MASH... Radar O'Reilly, Gary Berghoff, talks about animals and art history. He joins us today. But first...
2: 1-866-405-8405. And I know this is your favorite part of the show.
1: Yeah. Okay, Okay. so we
2: have a caller on the line. Who's calling? (laughs) Look at her
1: tickle. This is Mark.
2: Hi, Mark. Where are you calling from?
1: Not a word edgewater. Wisconsin, the Badger State. The the Badger State, Wisconsin. Is that because uh, they have some kind of team from there, or is it just an infestation of badgers?
0: Well, it's, it's a college thing. It's, you know, the Wisconsin Badgers.
1: Oh, college football,
0: huh? Okay. okay oh, yeah, see? big football state.
2: Okay, I learned something new
1: big today. Big into my football.
0: <laughs> what, what can
2: we do for you? Uh, I
0: have a question. Uh-huh. Uh, I work all day, and and I leave my dog in a crate, and I'm just wondering if that's wrong. Or Sounds
1: like a song, I work I all day, yeah, I leave my dog in a crate. <laughs> Country song. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. What, what about it? You just wonder if you should do that and leave your dog in the crate all day?
0: Yeah, or if I, you know, leave him out, or because he pees all over the house and everything. When I come home, I got to pick it all up. And mm-hmm.
2: it's you know, it's not really fair to the dog to leave him in the crate if you're going to be gone for eight hours or more. Um, if possible, if you can, I don't know how far away you work from your home, but if you can get home at lunchtime and give the dog a break, let it run around for a few minutes outside and go to the bathroom. Or if there's someone in your neighborhood, or maybe you can pay a pet sitter or somebody to come in on a daily basis while you're gone in the middle of the day. Um, Is a dog a small dog or a large dog?
0: Uh, It's a small dog. It's a chihuahua. Yeah, you know, they don't hold
2: their bladders as well. And sometimes what you can also do with a small dog is you can litter train it. There's some products on the market that you can get these little uh, household litter boxes for small dogs. Or if you can find, you know, like I said, a pet sitter or someone to come in the house.
1: What kind of job do you have? Can you take your Can you take your Chihuahua to work? I see. I take that for granted. We take our yeah. animals to work. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I wish I could take
0: taking him to work with me, but I, I can't do
2: that. Well, try to... You know, there's also um, doggy daycares. You know, uh, you could leave it... Doggy daycare, yeah. Yeah, you could leave it, a, you know, at a doggy daycare during the week. It would be able to play with other animals, but I would try to find someone. If you can't make it home, try to find someone, a pet sitter or a friend, someone to come in, or if you can uh, find a doggy daycare, because that's, that's probably really pretty tough. pretty
1: lonely, yeah.
2: Yeah, that's really tough on the little ones to be in a car. How's he reacting?
1: Is he, okay. Does he have any kind of separation anxiety, or does he freak out, or...? I uh, uh,
0: just gets excited. When I get home and I let him out, try I do. Mean, he's he's
2: yeah. ready to play. Yeah, if you can, try to figure out a way so he's not not kept in that crate all day by himself. Okay. Okay. Thank, Thank thanks you. Thanks for
1: calling, Mark from the Badger State, as I learned at one eight six six four zero five eight four zero five. Can we get the Dragnet theme? <laughs> Now, Judy, get this. Can you imagine going to the veterinarian for some common procedure, and the mm-hmm. veterinarian botches it all up, and then you find out the veterinarian isn't even a veterinarian, doesn't even have a license? Oh, that's not a good thing. Well, here we go.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, the story you're about to see is true. The names have been changed to protect the innocent.
1: Do-do-do-do-do. He came
0: from the streets of Brooklyn, a
1: cool customer on four legs—the perfect bait for a sting on a fake veterinarian. Carol Moran, Deputy District Attorney in Brooklyn, how are you doing?
3: Very well, thank you.
1: Okay, tell us the whole story <laughs> the way you see it.
3: Well, this was a, it was a bad situation. Okay. Um, our defendant had pretended to be a vet for several years, and in addition to just doing general grooming um, and. You know, babysitting of of people's pets. He graduated to really what was a a, a horrible next step. Um, he began to do invasive surgery. Oh Ooh. no! Ooh.
1: And no license. No, no license. license.
3: No training. No vet tech license. Nothing. Oh no. Nothing. He had worked at some point in the past in a veterinarian's office, but wasn't licensed even to do that. And certainly, he was not a veterinarian.
1: So you decided to set up a sting.
3: Well, we learned about this because he had done abdominal surgery, major abdominal surgery, on a Boston Terrier named Bert. Oh! Um, because he thought Bert had some internal troubles, and his answer was to slice him open. Oh no! So it was a horrible betrayal of that relationship with his, with with Bert's owner, Mr. Reed. Yeah. Um, who really thought he was handing over his beloved pet to somebody who would take care of him, not who would who would injure him further.
1: Hmm. I have to ask, how is Bert?
3: Bert is fortunately fine. Okay, oh, good. Um, after the defendant returned him, bloodied, and uh, you know he'd sewed him up, but it was a, a bad stitch job, and mm-hmm. his it had been a very deep. Um, cut and about six inches long, Uh, um, Burt's owner took him to a real vet, and the real vet then confirmed that uh, the defendant in our case was not a trained vet, based on what she saw and her uh conversations with him, and Mr. Reed came to the Brooklyn District Attorney's office, where Joe Hines is the district attorney.
1: Mm, And what did Joe say?
3: And Joe said, you know, we usually do undercover operations with gangs, with drugs, but this is a really horrible thing. This man, who knows who else he's preyed upon? Um, We have to figure out a way to, to catch him. But the the catch was he doesn't have an office. He has a cell phone, so there's no way to track him down. We that should be your thoughts.
1: first sign, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, okay.
3: I think so. And and you know what? There's usually in most states there is either through the Department of Education or usually there's a website that will allow consumers to confirm that their veterinarian is in fact licensed.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: In almost every state, there's a licensing provision. In New York, it's through the education department, but everybody will have it, where you can call in or go online to confirm that your provider is actually licensed.
1: Okay, so you had to catch this guy. You had to set up a sting.
3: Right. So we arranged for an undercover apartment. We wired it for video and sound. We had our obviously very experienced undercover detectives. Um, But we needed an animal to lure this veterinarian, this fake veterinarian, into um, our clutches. And
1: undercover kitty is what you're talking about. Is that correct? Well, we certainly
3: didn't want to seek, you know, find an animal that needed medical treatment and withhold treatment from him. So we looked around, and and Fred was in foster care with us from New York City's Animal Care and Control. Okay. He had come to us with his twin brother um, several months before and with a very, very bad upper respiratory infection, mm-hmm. pneumonia. He had been very, very sick. And as a result, he hadn't been neutered yet. Okay. So he's, Fred's nearly nine wow. months old. Normally, you should neuter your animal by then. right? Um, but because he, he couldn't breathe, we were afraid that the undergoing anesthesia would kill him. Uh-huh. Okay. So we didn't neuter him, and as we were seeking an animal that needed some kind of surgical care to use to be able to draw this veterinarian in, we thought, aha, Fred is our guy.
1: Let's get Fred neutered. <laughs> <laughs>
3: We don't like to say that in him.
1: <laughs> <Okay>, I understand.
3: <laughs> Fred was a willing participant. Fred was a very willing participant. He's very social. He's very friendly. He's very gregarious. I think because he'd been so sick, he really has a strong bond with people. Okay. Because um, we sort of had to nurse him back to health. And so we brought him over to the undercover apartment. Mm-hmm. The undercover officer was experienced not only with a variety of criminals, handguns, but also with cats. So he <laughs> bonded to her quite well. Mm-hmm. Um, they placed a phone call to the fake veterinarian, and there he was. Shortly thereafter, showing up at the apartment,
1: ready to do the surgery. <laughs> ready to
3: do the surgery. Put one hand out for the cash. Put the other hand out for the cat. Um, took the cat in the carrying case. Put the cash in his pocket. Walked out the door, and uh, Joe Hines' the detectives were waiting for him at the bottom of the stairs. <laughs> so Fred was never at any risk. He had some pretty serious backup. Good, good.
1: And I understand they wanted he wanted to charge you $135 for this uh, procedure, which generally costs a lot less.
3: Yeah. You know, it depends that private veterinarians can be more. Frequently there are public clinics or low-cost clinics, you know, because certainly spaying and neutering is a huge issue. And so a lot of communities have low-cost clinics so people can spay and neuter their pets.
2: I'm assuming Fred has a permanent position now. He has a job? I think so. Fred's ready. He's, uh, he's
3: been traveling around. He has his little shield, uh, and he's ready to go on. He, his he does have a little, badge,
2: right?
1: a little
3: badge, he right? He does have a little badge. He does have a little badge. <laughs> he's going to have a little surprise tomorrow because he's actually getting neutered for real by oh. a real veterinarian. <laughs> <Yes>. so <laughs> <laughs> so he'll be a new man next week.
1: <laughs> very, very good. We appreciate all that you're doing for the animals.
3: And Thank you, and thanks for covering this. It's a great story, and I encourage people to, to do both. You know, it's it's wonderful to be able to foster him and his brother. They would have been euthanized just because they needed a little extra care, more than the, the local shelter could give them. Yes. Um, but Animal Care and Control here in, the, in New York City has a program where they'll reach out for foster families to, to give them that little extra care, and it's, it's worked out well. Fred has... Um, has gone on to they, you know they saved his life and he's now gone on to allow us to continue this investigation and find other people that this man has preyed upon.
1: What's gonna to happen to this uh, vet guy? Is he gonna be behind bars or doing community service?
3: He, well it depends on how many of the investigation's are ongoing. We have this surgery that he did on Bert, but apparently there are other people that are calling into us. And it's not that true that
1: like one of the punishments will be to actually neuter him.
3: Um no. I have no comment about that <laughs> at the moment. <laughs> I just at least that's not something available so under the statute as it stands.
1: Okay. Carol Moran, Deputy District Attorney from Brooklyn, we appreciate you spending time with us today.
3: Thank you very much. We head out to New York for more of
1: our Westminster coverage, and we have on the phone Jerry Grimek. What do you do, Jerry? Where do you work? Tell us all about it.
0: Hey there, Hal. I'm Jerry Grimek here with New York's Hotel Pennsylvania. We're the world's most popular hotel. That's pop- popular instead of popular. Oh, popular, okay. Popular. We cater to all the dogs for Westminster, the oh, Westminster wow. Dog Show. Well, that, that's, yeah, that's got
1: to be quite a mess to clean up afterwards.
0: You know what? These are the best of their breed. They're they're cleaner than some of our two, two-legged <laughs> guests. <laughs> okay, so how many animals are in the hotel? Over 1,100.
2: Oh, my wow. gosh.
0: And you wow. think there's 2,500 in Westminster? We have a huge chunk.
1: And you're, well, you're a pet-friendly hotel year-round, so you're used to this.
0: Exactly. And with this being the year of the dog,
1: we're more excited. Okay, so you've had a few events so far. On Friday, you had the pre-Westminster fashion show, the red carpet fashion show, right?
0: Correct. That was actually on Wednesday. Oh, that was on Wednesday, okay. Yes. What was that? Now, these were fashions designed by Ada Neves and Roxy Hunt. Okay. And... It was sort of like a Oscar red carpet event. Okay. And it's similar gowns that were from the Oscars. Oh my gosh. Very good.
1: And of course, the dogs wearing them. Of course, okay, of course. Make that clear.
0: <laughs> That's right. And some of them look like the celebrities. I One look like Nicole Kidman. Oh my gosh.
1: Was uh, I guess Tricia Simmons was uh, was there from Desperate Housewives? You know
0: what? It ended up being Trisha was had to go to another event, Ooh. but Libby Langdon.
1: Libby Langdon.
0: Much better. Who is on HGTV. There you go. Uh-huh. <laughs> with small spaces, creative style, big styles. One there of you. my favorite shows. Yes, and she was there, and she did a fantastic job.
1: Wow. Now You have some kind of uh, doggy green room and spa there set up. What's that about?
0: Oh, yeah. Let me tell you about the whole Doggy Day Spa package. Okay. We start off with the dog tours corner, mm-hmm. and that includes a canine and handler masseuse. Mm-hmm. A doggy and animal communicator and psychic.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Then we move on to the his and her bathrooms. Oh, okay. With wood shavings on the floor, so they can of they can be replenished. Of course, we want them to feel natural. Yes. yes. <laughs> then we go to the a dog treadmills, mm. where they can exercise and get limber before the show.
1: Oh, of course, you need, to do, you need <laughs> you, to do that.
0: You need to. You need to be a peak performance at the show. Oh yes. Then there are the food requests. And you know what seems to be popular? Cheeseburgers.
2: Well, of course. Now, these yeah. are, again, for people or for the dogs?
0: For the dogs. Now, these, oh these, you would
2: think that they want
1: to be in top shape for the yeah. show. <laughs> uh, That's right. a Cheeseburger, of course. Be... I,
0: I know before triathlon, I like to have a few cheeseburgers. Yes,
1: yes. Yes. <laughs> so, any, any stories stick out?
0: Oh, some of the clothing has just been unbelievable. <laughs> and how the clothing resembles the owner.
1: Really? They look alike.
0: They look alike. They wear the same clothes. They have the same hairstyles, <laughs> and it's just uncanny to see it.
2: And everybody gets along.
0: Oh, yeah. These are show dogs through and through. They are so professional. They greet each other with a little bark and a nod, <laughs> and they're on their way to their room to prep for the show.
1: We appreciate you spending time. You guys got a website there forever
0: and are in town? Yes, www.hotelpen.com. Thanks, Jerry. No problem. Thank you very much. We'll talk to you later. You got it. Coming
1: up, radar from MASH, Gary Woo-hoo! Berghoff, big animal advocate. He joins us. This is uh, not his first, not his last time, hopefully. No. Animal Radio is brought to you by Flavison. Flavison improves joint function in dogs, keeping cartilage, tendons, and ligaments healthy and joints flexible. This powerful blend of micronutrients has been shown to effectively fight joint problems in the bodies of aging animals. To find out more about this breakthrough formula, visit www.yourolderdog.com. Animal Radio is also brought to you by
2: PetCot, the best elevated pet bed available, promoting wellness care for your pet as he ages. All parts of the bed are replaceable, so you'll never buy a new bed again. Visit them online at www.petcot.com or call 1-866-271-2687.
0: Flavocin keeps cartilage, tendons, and ligaments healthy and joints flexible. Hear what people are saying about Flavocin concerning my dog,
3: Zodiac. I started her on the um probably about a month and a half ago. I have to tell you, for a 13-year-old German Rottweiler um, with spinal arthritis, she made a turnaround in less than seven days. We had thought that we might be leaving her this year and have to put her down, but she seems to be really reacting to it very well.
0: To find out more, visit www.yourolderdog.com. That's yourolderdog.com. Listen up, Southern California. Don't miss the Temecula Pet Expo at the Downs from March 31st through April 2nd in con- Junction with the World Cup qualified equine event. This expo has it all pet workshops, adoptions, the latest pet products, and a kid zone. In addition, a percentage of every paid admission goes to local schools. To learn more, call 1 866 653 7533 or visit www.socaltradeshows.com. That's socaltradeshows.com. This is Animal, Animal Art, Ra- Radio
4: Network. Network.
0: The pet Cod is the best elevated pet bed available. What makes it so different? It has an elevated supportive design, promotes wellness care, is comfortable and hygienic. It's durable and a breeze to clean. The PetCot is also safe for use indoors and outdoors. And best of all, you never have to buy a new bed again. All parts are replaceable. Order online at www.petcot.com or call 1-866-271-2687 to get yours. Preventing pain, fear, and suffering of animals through nationwide education and awareness. From all across the globe, this is Animal Radio Network. I don't
1: know if you got a chance to to watch Westminster, but Rufus, what a cute dog. Best in show, and hopefully soon showing up at Sardi's for the exclusive Westminster party will be there too. Animal Radio is brought to you by the American anti vivisection Society. Did you know that your common everyday purchases can make a difference for the animals? Yes, it can. You can get your free... Did I say free? Free compassionate shopping guide by calling the American Anti-Vivisection Society. Call them at one 800 Say A A V S. More of the exclusive Westminster coverage on Animal Radio. We head back to New York with Tracy Hotchner, uh, who is at the after-show party. Happens year after year at Sardi's. It's always memorable. Uh, hi, Tracy. Hey there, Hal. How are you guys doing? Very well. Very well. It sounds kind of quiet there, actually.
4: Well, everyone's very hushed because one of the judges is explaining how he picked his dogs. Oh. And I've, I've written down some of the words that he used. They're just hilarious. Okay. Let's Let's it's hear a it. whole other world And everyone is on pins and needles Because Rufus The winning dog yes. Is going to be coming to Sardi's Any minute
1: Oh so you're all waiting For, for Rufus to show We're waiting for Rufus show.
4: Yes everyone's waiting for Rufus And there's photographers here And a lot of reporters So all the dog fans here Are listening to what the judges said They picked and why uh-huh. But Rufus is the man of the hour Oh of course <laughs> Of course I mean they all say proudly And his egg shaped head Is what made him win <laughs> It's like he's got the head Of a, like a giant dinosaur uh-huh.
1: you, you know what the, the Terriers and the pit bulls. All of those animals have been getting a bad rap for the last year, so it's great to finally have. That's right, a bully
4: breed. They're all very proud. The first time a bully breed has won since 1930.
2: It's awesome.
4: It's really cool. And the judge is considered a foreigner because he's Canadian based.
2: I I thought that was kind of strange.
4: Well, really, he spends most of his time in America. Apparently, judging he's very great judge. Apparently, and he said that the last one who won was a white bull terrier in 1930. Wow. His father used to play with that dog in Ottawa, Canada. So it's a funny full circle that it's all come for him personally.
1: Uh-huh. Did he say that it was a tough choice? I mean, obviously it was a tough choice for everybody. Did Did he say who might have come in second or were there any thoughts I about I felt that?
4: embarrassed to ask him because what if he told me and I told someone else and then other people killed themselves. What I basically said to him was how wonderful it was that he was smiling the whole time. I said, <laughs> and there's a whole table of every other judge here at the Dog Fanciers Club at Sardi's. Uh-huh. And I said, these other people, when they judge best in show, they look like they're giving out a death sentence to six dogs <laughs> and one will live.
1: Did you and, think Rufus was going to pick this up
4: I was so I absolutely did not okay. I just thought so odd looking at least to my eye and I mean who's ever heard of you know that dog but apparently uh-huh. he's
2: as for that kind of dog the best there ever has been gotcha. I've only seen one of those in my lifetime
1: Really? Okay, we're going to actually post hear- a picture on the website for those of you that didn't get to catch that on TV of Rufus.
4: Definitely, you guys. have got to see it. It looks like something is g- growing inside his head and trying to exit.
2: So what are some of the words that the judges use?
4: Oh, the words are hilarious, Judy. When they when the judges are saying, they're trying to say the descriptions of what they liked about these dogs. So uh-huh. They said, this dog had a lovely look in the eye and an excellent headpiece. So I think, well, what is it, wearing a hat? No, headpiece means a head. <laughs> then it was speaking about the beagle, and it said a beautiful jacket just a lovely jacket so they obviously that's the word they use for that then one of them said excellent and when he was talking about the sharp pain on that wrinkly Chinese dog uh-huh. Uh-huh. he said she had a good mouth on her and a good tongue <laughs> and I thought geez that's so nice that's so nice What
2: person, every woman wants to hear yeah if I said that I'd get slapped
4: you would actually yes <laughs> And then, the, and then another one said, which was actually very touching, because, you know, we all think of it as a beauty contest, and, you know, it's so subjective, and you wonder what people's, you know, leanings and inclinations are, if it's truly, you know, fair, whatever that means. And, and this judge stood up who was the one who judged the hound group, and had picked that enormous dog, that enormous deerhound. Uh-huh. I mean, the dog's as tall as we are. They mm-hmm. said, you know, this my first time judging here it was very charming. And he said, first time judging here, getting having a group, which is a big honor, apparently. Mm-hmm. And he said, I didn't know what it would feel like, but I can't. I came here at 10 years old as a junior handler, and I came in that ring, and I was overwhelmed. And he said, you know what? I felt the same way all over again. Oh, great. <laughs> and he said, when I walked up to that deerhound, hound, and this is what touches me about this, you know, all of us maybe on the outside think, well, these people are all kind of living in a bubble, and the perfect this, and the perfect tail, and the hair correct between the toes. But this judge, with this misty look in his eyes, said, you know, when I walked up to that deerhound, hound, I looked at her, and I wanted to come there that night and fall in love with an animal and I fell in love with Margo it was just very touching it was Uh so you know genuine it was a genuine love for what they were doing it's really
1: nice. Any final thoughts as we wrap up, Westminster?
4: Just remember that however much you love any of these dogs, please go to your local shelter and look for a dog first. I yeah, that's you. a
1: very important message. That's you know, a very I mean, it's
4: important. great. It's fun to look at them. It's like a beauty pageant. But, you know, if you fall in love with your high school sweetheart, she doesn't have to be, you know, Sybil Shepherd. Yes. So you can look at these dogs, but then go and see other dogs that need a home so
1: bad. And there's plenty of breeds, specific breeds, that are looking for homes. You don't need to go to a breeder. You can go to a breed rescue online. Absolutely. Or...
4: or or call any of these breeders, and many of them get dogs given back for reasons that are nonsensical. You know, someone, well, I heard one the other day that someone said that they changed, someone came into the shelter with a purebred dog and said, I've changed the decor of my apartment, and Ooh. she just doesn't match anymore. Do you have one that's more beige?
2: Ooh. Nice. Wow. So
4: this is the kind of dogs that are given back. Lovely mm-hmm. dogs. So check it out online, petfinder.com. There's just every breed you could ever want.
2: Now, we've heard some rumors about uh, some of the... Uh, foods that these animals have eaten during the week and cheeseburgers being one of their favorites. I'm kind of curious as to...
4: I don't them. believe a word of it. That's no? just what the announcers say. They say cheeseburgers are a favorite, maybe back home in Iowa. Oh, but these dogs are guarded like the crown jewels. They don't want them to drink regular water. Everyone runs around with water bottles for them. They don't give them anything funny to eat. Do you, do they you they watch any, them like a hawk.
2: Do you have any idea what uh, Rufus is going to be served for lunch today? Well,
4: he's probably going to have a... wheel, had a big piece of prime rib and a baked potato, but whether he'll eat it or not? Who knows? But on the other hand, if, if he got his tummy
1: upset now, it wouldn't matter. It's all over. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> Tracy Hotcher reporting from New York, Westminster, as it wraps up at Sardi's. The Dog Bible is the book. We love having you on Animal Radio. Thanks a lot, you
0: guys. You're listening to Animal Radio. You can learn more about today's guest at AnimalRadio.com. Log on. Learn more.
1: one Hi, who's this?
2: This is Gloria. Hi, Gloria. Hi. Where are you calling from? Calling from Missouri. You won't let me get a word in edgewise today. <laughs> well, I'm going to turn the show into the Judy show. Okay. Hi.
1: Hi, Gloria, from Missouri. G-L-O-R-I-A. Hi. Yes.
2: You
3: have a question? I do. Okay. Um, it's starting to get warm out, yes. and we are turning our ceiling fans on. Uh-huh. And every time we
2: turn it on, the cat gets freaked out and runs out of the room. <laughs>
1: Scared of the ceiling fan. Mm hmm.
2: You know, it's. A ceiling fan is like this big looming creature up at the ceiling when the cat looks up and sees this thing and it really frightens them. and I can understand why they're afraid of it. But there's some things you can do. Okay? What you need to do is to turn on the fan, turn it on really low so it's not going you know real fast, and get his attention in a room just next door. Uh, get a toy, play with him, something he can, you know, like a stick or feathers or anything he can play with or even give him treats and then slowly back up into the room. And what you're going to do is divert his attention. He's not even going to realize that he's in that room. You can put down down a trail of treats or just kind of slowly bring the toy into the room and you know, he might look up, but just do whatever you can to divert his attention to it. So he doesn't
4: notice that it's already
2: on. Yeah, yeah, and then he doesn't notice that he's in the room with it, but don't turn it on real fast at first because that'll, you know, freak him again and he'll run. But you just, you gotta get him in there without him knowing that it's on and make sure it's on ahead of time and just slowly you know let him come to the room. You're a good
1: okay. mom. You're a good mom. I, I would be scaring the, the cat. Oh, he would do it on purpose. purpose. On purpose.
2: Yeah. yeah, he'd wait till the cat was asleep and then he'd turn the fan on. Yeah. I'm glad the studio cats aren't afraid of ours. So they Okay, it. well that's a great idea. Okay, we'll try it and let us know how it works.
1: Okay, thanks.
5: 18664058405. Welcome to Voice of the Animal. 525600 minutes. How do you measure a year in your life? In the Broadway musical Rent, from which the line from this song is taken, those minutes are measured in love. Does love play into how you measure the minutes of your life when it comes to animals? In the 525,600 minutes of this year, one unspayed mama kitty and her unspayed and unneutered offspring will give birth to 127 cats. This year... 13,665,600 animals in laboratories will die from having eye drops, lipstick, drain cleaner, wrinkle injections, and countless other consumer products tested on them. That is 26 animals every single minute of every single day. 17 million wild animals will be trapped this year for their fur. That means that every day, 46,575 animals including bobcats, coyotes, red and gray foxes, badgers, mink, beavers, lynx, and wolves will die in a trap. During the four minutes you and I are talking today, 130 animals will have died a gruesome and painful death. This year, 5 million other animals will also die in those traps. The fur industry calls them trash animals because they are not used for their fur. They will just die in a trap and be discarded. These 5 million trash animals will include pets, dogs and cats, as well as hawks, owls, golden eagles, squirrels, blue jays, ducks, swans? Will the minutes of your year include buying any garment, pet toy, or trinket with fur? In the 1,440 minutes of each day, 355 million pigs are slaughtered on factory farms. These pigs will not experience 525,600 minutes because they are killed before their first birthday. And since they live their lives in cages so confined they cannot even turn around, they die, never knowing the feel of sunshine or the earth or the kind voice of a human being, and certainly not love. The same thing is true for the 38 million cows and calves that are slaughtered each year on factory farms, and the 250 million turkeys, and the 8 billion chickens. That number of chickens is so high that my calculator would not record it. So I can't tell you how many chickens are killed during this program, but it is far more than the minutes in a year. These are some of the ways some people spend their precious minutes every year, by supporting and trafficking in pain, despair, greed, and cruelty. Yet there are those who spend their minutes with great love for the animals. You can too. You can help that mama kitty by trapping, spaying, and neutering any stray cats and dogs and adopting them, or giving money and support to those who already do. So many great companies employ methods of product testing that do not use animals. Spend the dollars you earned with your minutes work and buy your eye drops, lipstick, drain cleaner, and wrinkle injections from these companies. That way, when you look in the mirror, you will reflect compassion. Be a considerate and conscious shopper. Choose not to wear fur or leather. Don't clothe yourself in a garment stitched from despair. Knowing the horror inflicted on animals in factory farms, consider becoming a vegetarian. You will look better, feel better, and as Leonardo da Vinci said, your body will not be a tomb for another creature. This year, why not use some of your precious 525,600 minutes to help the animals? Because here's what happens when you spend your minutes with kindness, compassion, and conscious consumerism. For both you and the animals, those minutes grow into a year of love. For information on how you can make a difference in the lives of animals, please visit us on the World Wide Web at voiceoftheanimal.org. For Voice of the Animal, this is Rayanne Cumulos.
1: It's flown by once again. Remember, there's lots more animal radio. In fact, there's 24 hours a day, 7 days a week of animal programming at animalradio.com. Good stuff there. Next week... Yes. We're focusing on animals online and how the online world affects our pets. Wow. If between now and then, you get a pet, remember to spay or neuter it.
2: And if you're looking for a specific breed, don't go to a breeder. There are plenty of breed rescues online. You can find the exact dog you're looking for.
1: Where? Just online? Just online, Any breed?
2: Any breed. If you're looking for a pug, go to... A pug rescue, and you will find one.
1: There you go. Have yourself a great week. Remember, don't declaw. We'll see you next week right here for more Animal Radio on this fine station. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.